This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Equity mates, welcome everybody, episode 15, as always, very excited to be here with my equity mate, buddy Ren, how are you buddy? G'day equity mate, good to have you back. Yeah, thanks, for those that have, uh, for those that don't know, I've actually been in Italy for five weeks, lapping up the sun, so we managed to get out a couple of episodes before I went away, so Ren's been taking the reins um, while I was sipping uh, spritz spritz, by, spritz on the amount for yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> nah, appreciate, appreciate your work. So, um, yeah. But we're back now, back into it. Um, and we've got some uh, exciting things coming up. Not only this episode, but uh, we've had a mid-year break. Well, I have, and uh, <laughs> we're ready to go for a second I've, half of the I've year. I've had a mid-year break from you, just as important. <laughs> Come on, mate. <laughs> So episode 15, we thought it would be a good opportunity to uh, answer some questions that we'd been receiving from listeners, a bit of a mailbag situation, and recap a few things that we've been talking about in terms of uh, the basic 101s that we had run towards the start of the series. And we've also taken away guru news, (laughs) (laughs) and we're going to uh, change the format. So do you want to... Give us an idea of how that's going to look, Ren. Yeah, so look, as much as I've loved uh, being the Renahan news guru, um, <laughs> all good things must come to an end, I guess. Um, now, look, in all seriousness, we are doing this podcast to learn. As we say in every episode, you know, we're still very early into our investing journey and we're trying to learn. Um, and so rather than us sitting here and sort of telling you guys the news of the week, what we thought we would do is... Each just bring everyone listening and each other some of the things we've been researching or something that we've learned in the last week. It might be a, it will probably be a better way for us to share knowledge with each other, and you know it will be a good way for listeners to sort of understand how we go about getting information as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it might. Yeah. If if we suddenly snap back to news in a few weeks, you'll. Um, it's because it's been a fail. Yeah, you'll know we've had some pretty harsh criticism about it. 
Yeah, well, then let's uh, kick straight into it. So what's been your learning for the week or what's what have you found interesting? Or... Yeah. yeah, so something that caught my interest last week was the once great retailer, Maya. Now, everyone's mm-hmm. been there. Everyone knows about it, if you're an Australian listener at least. Maya is hit an uh, all-time low in their share price and they're trading at just 77 cents now. And uh, that, wow. that piqued my interest. So Maya used to be part of Coles Maya and yeah. then it got bought by private equity, which is basically a holding company with a hell of a lot of cash. And the private equity uh, restructured it and then floated it on the stock exchange. And Maya floated for $4.10 in 2009. It's been on a bit of a downhill slope since then and it's now trading mm-hmm. at $0.77. Cents. And I mean, look, that's not that interesting in and of itself. But... Mm-hmm. I started to think about some of the other uh, some of the other retailers that have had similar event. Everyone heard about Dick Smith last year. It was bought by private equity. It was floated on the stock exchange. And then last year, it went bankrupt and entered receivership. And as I did some more research into it, it's not the only retailer companies are trying to force onto the share market. In 2011, Rebel Sport, they, uh, they tried to float it, but there wasn't enough interest, so they sold it off just privately instead. Uh, recently, we've seen West Farmers, the holding company, uh, look to float Officeworks onto the share market. It really seems that we're seeing a trend now of private companies trying to float retailers onto the market. And mm-hmm. it's just something that I think uh, I'm definitely going to be wary of and everyone should probably be wary of. Um, mm. You know, everyone's talking about Amazon, this, Amazon, that. But you can see that all these retailers, people are trying to get them off their books, float them on the share market, and then they have a pretty shocking run. Mm. As for the listeners that are maybe tuning in for the first time, when you're saying uh, floating on the share market, that means that they are being transformed from a privately held company to a publicly listed company yeah, on the absolutely. stock exchange. Yeah. yeah, yeah, nice. All right. Well, what did um, what did you look at this week? Well, I spent twenty four hours on a flight, so that was uh. Yeah, plenty of time to do some research. <laughs> Hellish flight. Two days ago, I think it was, I was uh, browsing the Australian Financial Review and came across a company called Global. Well, it's Evans and Partners is the company, and they have just launched a listed investment company called the Global Disruption Fund, and I always like having a look at these sort of things because it gives me a fresh outlook on what possibilities there are for investments and it's always interesting to see um, new sort of listed investment companies come to the market with slightly different strategies or always trying to appeal to a different market or an investor Um, and these guys have come to the market with a fund that looks at global disruption and companies that are exposed to uh, disruption and innovation, and as a result, uh, you know we can invest in this disruption fund and and get access to these companies uh, much easier than if we were to try and invest in them individually. So it floated, I'm pretty sure, and as we just mentioned, that means they hit the stock market on Tuesday, I think, or Monday at a dollar sixty five. Yeah, as I said, uh, something that I'm going to keep an eye on, and I always like finding new companies that bring new investment ideas and investment strategies to the market um, just because it keeps me on my toes and keeps me thinking about what possibilities are out there. So 
something yeah. to keep in mind. Nice one. Mm. I feel like every company wants to call itself disruptive these days or innovative, you know, like it's kind of just the invoke thing to be. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see where they draw the line in terms of what, what counts as real disruption. Well, this is something that I was thinking and I tried to find within their prospectus or, you know, these websites often have an investor center that you can go and have a look at how their portfolios are constructed, but there's actually no indication of how they will be constructing their portfolios and with which specific companies. There's just mentioned a broad statement that they'll be exposed to companies that benefit from disruption and innovation. So mm. whoever, what, what that means, you know, it says disruption has become increasingly prevalent, driven by advancements in technology, et cetera, et cetera. So it's very broad. Uh, the other thing is when you think about disruptive companies, most of them aren't publicly traded. Like if they're only get if this fund's only going to be investing in publicly traded companies, then you know. Companies... Well, I don't. Th- I don't think they are just investing in publicly traded. Companies. Right. So it's going to be a yeah. bit of like a venture capital fund as well. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They they um will be creating a portfolio of both private and publicly listed companies. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you think about you know like well I mean Uber is still private but. Yeah, exactly. Airbnb, Airbnb, well, Airbnb is private as well. Facebook, you know, when it was disruptive, it was private. Now it's just a bloody, you know, behemoth. Same with, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. It's definitely one to uh, add to the watch list, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's move on and get into our listeners' mailbag. Um, I'm pretty excited to get stuck into this one. So the way we will do this, I think, Ren, is we've got a number of questions that have come in from listeners. And so we are going to spend some time now and just go through each question and uh, answer them as best we can. And as I said, it's probably going to repeat a few things that we have mentioned before in previous episodes, but I think that's um, going to be of some value to both us and and, and the listeners. So. Yeah, good opportunity, you know, after our mid-year break to take stock and recap some of the things we've talked about. So question number one has come in from uh, a listener, Alf. Thanks for sending in the question. How much do I need to start investing? Yeah, so it's a good question, Alf. There's an absolute answer, uh, and that's $500. You can't buy in portions less than $500. Yeah. Um, yeah. But look, everyone has their own answer to that. I don't know what your general rule is, Bryce, but mine is I want to invest in at least $800 hits. Uh, mm-hmm. And the reason that is is... I pay $8 brokerage with IG. Shout out to IG, still hoping for a sponsorship one day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, eight bucks a trade with IG. And so $800 means that I'm paying 1% in brokerage. Um, It's kind of of arbitrary when you think about it, but for me, it's just the minimum that I I want to invest because 1% is the maximum I want to pay for my brokerage. And that's a, a great way of looking at it because I'm very similar. I will often, I, I take consideration in how much I'm paying in brokerage as well. And so, yes, I did start off by investing in $500 chunks and that's, we'll get to that a bit later on. But um, when you're paying, you know, potentially about $20 a trade through some of the brokerage pa- platforms, then that as a percentage of your initial investment is quite considerable and it means that your stock actually has to perform better than that percentage for you to actually make a return. So in your situation, Renners, your stock only needs to go up by 1% for your brokerage to become negligible. So 
yeah, it's an interesting way of looking at it. But in terms of directly answering that question, Alf, $500, from what we know, unless there's a, a brokerage platform out there that is, uh, does otherwise, um, 500 is the minimum that you need to invest and, and get your portfolio going. Yeah. People are daunted by the $500 figure. They're like, you know, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I, I don't have 500 bucks to throw in a stock that might not even go up in value. I think it's important just to get in good habits about saving uh, a mm. little bit out of every paycheck, putting it aside, getting to that $500 threshold and just getting in the market. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree, Renners. And there's a couple of strategies that we spoke about uh, earlier in terms of savings. And one that I like to try and follow is the three pots rule. Um, you've got a pot for spending, a pot for saving and a pot for investing. And and when you get your income in, regardless of how much you're you're getting paid, it's a good uh, sort of strategy to try and split your money into three and obviously working out how much you need to survive each week and then um, making sure that you're putting some away for savings because you never know when you need an emergency. But then also putting some away every time you get paid to go towards your investment portfolio because then it's not as daunting as trying to find $500 in one lump sum and you can easily just chip away at the 500 and before you know it you'll have it and you can chuck it into your first investment so i strongly encourage consistency and patience with your savings to get towards that minimum 500 yeah definitely all right so the next question comes in from a listener prove um and that is how do i buy a stock and what are some of the things i should look for in brokerage platforms yeah good question and this is probably one of the biggest ones that we're asked all the time. And it's really, really easy, I think, to buy a stock. Um, we're all very tech savvy these days and we're all online. We all have internet banking. We've got the apps on our phones. You know, we can access our money. Yeah, and... right, right, right. I'm <laughs> telling everyone how easy it is. Why don't, why don't we actually tell them how to do it? Right. It's just really easy. Yeah, you know? it's, it's as easy, easy as online shopping. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you just got to highlight it so easy because okay, <laughs> well, it's done through it's done through online brokerage platforms, and I mean, that sounds technical, doesn't it? But all right, all right, let's it's done let's, through. It's essentially done through your a, bank. Let's take a step back. You sign up, so you you. There's plenty of different websites where you can buy the shares. Um, we don't have any pre, we don't have any preference. Yet, shout out to IG potential sponsor. Um, we, but yeah, look if uh, choose so you choose um, a platform, and we'll go through some of the things we look for in a sec. But you go onto your platform and you log in, uh, and then each stock on the share market has a three-letter code. You put that in, and you say you tell it how much you want to buy. So you know a thousand dollars worth of. CBA, for example, will buy you $1,000 worth of Commonwealth Bank shares. You hit buy, uh, and then your, your, the website that you're using will go into the market and find a seller of those shares and buy you $1,000 worth of the stock. So, look, yeah, Bryce is right. It is pretty simple in terms of actually the, phys like the technical buying and selling of shares. Um, all you need to do is log into the platform and put the three letters in, I guess, and hit trade. Yeah, so when we're saying platform, you know, all of the major banks have um, websites that allow you to purchase stocks and then there's a number of other institutions that also have 
um, stocks, uh, stock platforms online. Now, if you wanted to be super t- traditional, you could definitely utilize a, a, a traditional broker as well. You could call call someone up and get get him to buy for you, but no, no, no. The, the commissions <laughs> and fees are just going to yeah, be ridiculous. Don't. So yeah. I wouldn't even worry about yeah. that, but yeah, I'm just highlighting that that is another option if yeah. you wanted. But yeah, how let's, do you buy a stock? Through a trading platform online. Yeah, let's, let's, not muddy, let's not muddy the water with uh, brokers and stuff. Um, brokers are more expensive, just, just go online. And then I guess the second part of the question was, what are some of the things I should look for in brokerage platforms? It's really dealer's choice. I look for the lowest brokerage cost. Uh, other people look for live market data. So some platforms have more up-to-date information. Some uh, platforms have their information 20 minutes delayed. Other people like just trading with the bank that they're with because you know then all of your money is in one place uh, and you can look at it all on one app. Uh, it's easy to transfer to and from your trading account. So look, yeah, it's really dealer's choice, but I know I look for brokerage cost first and foremost. Uh, what about you, Bryce? Yeah, just quickly for those that are unaware, brokerage is the fee that you pay per transaction to the provider, whoever is doing the trade for you. So, yeah, initially when I first signed up, I was actually swayed more by the usability of Comsec and the information that it had. I found the information for what I wanted was more applicable to me. But then once I became a bit better of bit better at uh, figuring out the information myself i switched to ig because it's the lowest transaction uh the lowest brokerage and that's probably most important to me just like you Ren. all right cool what is the next question what is best if i have a chunk of money and want to invest but don't know where to start simple answer starting (laughs) (laughs) they there's an old saying uh i actually don't know how old it is um there are two types of trades, those that make you richer and those that make you smarter. And I think, you know, that's definitely been true for me. Definitely just jump in. Uh, mm. In terms of where to jump in, though, I guess that's, that's really what the question I was getting at. Um, mm. There's a bunch of different options. Uh, you can, if, if there's a particular company you like or you're interested in, you can directly buy shares in that company. But if you um, are a little bit unsure and you just want to sort of dip your toe in the water... There are a couple of other options. A really popular one at the moment is index funds. And what that is, uh, basically a basket of uh, stocks that make up an index. So, I mean, it's best explained by an example. One index that exists is the ASX 200. And that's just the 200 biggest publicly traded companies in Australia. And if you buy part of the ASX 200 index you're essentially buying a little bit of all those 200 companies. Uh, so that's a really good way of sort of dipping your toe in the water and just seeing how it's going because the biggest 200 companies in Australia generally over the long term grow rather than shrink. Well, the advantage of the uh, index as well is that you're minimizing your risk in terms of fluctuation. So if you're investing directly into one company, then you're at the mercy of its fluctuations in full, whereas investing in index, you're less exposed directly to one company um, as you're spread across 200 and you're given the weighted movement of, of all of those combined. So it's a good place to start looking if you're a bit nervous about where to put your money and you didn't 
necessarily feel confident enough to choose one stock. Yeah, definitely. So there's a third option in there. And yeah. that's, you know, if you're not confident enough and you don't back yourself in to make the right call in the market, luckily for you, there's professionals that do this for a living and you can back them in instead. Yeah. So what do we mean by that? On the share market, there are these things called listed investment companies. And essentially what they are is companies that sole purpose is uh, to invest in the market. And, you know, it's normally, uh, you know, a gun trader or an experienced trader who heads them up and Mm -hmm. they just use that company to buy and sell other stocks and hopefully make money. And then if you have bought into that listed investment company, uh, then as the company makes money from buying and selling stocks, you will profit as a shareholder of the listed investment company. So essentially what you're doing is betting on people a lot smarter than you and with a lot more experience than you. Yeah, another good way of reducing your risk as well. So in terms of where you're going to find these direct shares, listed investment companies and uh, exchange-traded funds or the index, they're all going to be on the platforms that we mentioned previously Um, and there's going to be a list of them and you can just scroll through and, and start doing some research on them. So... Once you've set up your trading account, then you can start having a look at these three options and each option requires uh, a different amount of uh, effort and involvement from you. Obviously, direct shares will require a bit more understanding and, and, and whatnot compared to an index, but um, they both have their advantages and disadvantages. So yeah, in answer to the question, chunk of money, where do I start? You've either got your direct shares, listed investment, or ETF. And um, I think the important thing as well is, you know, it's not an either or. You, no. If, you, if your chunk of money is big enough, With hedge it. your bets. Put some money yeah, in a couple of different indexes, some listed investment companies. You know, you can even, even do things. This is a, getting a bit off topic, but you can do other things. You can look at bonds and stuff like that. You can also find them on the uh, share market. You can invest in like gold and stuff. So, you know, if your chunk of money is big enough, you really can spread it out. But the, the, main, the main things that you want to buy as a beginner investor are, yeah, the three that we sort of touched on. Mm, mm. And this sort of flows into the next question, which is from Flynn. I don't know enough about funds or the index to invest, so it seems easier to invest in an individual company. What are your thoughts on this one, Ren? Yeah, well, look, it um, it makes sense. I know your first investment was a listed investment company, but um, for most people, if you're not interested in the market, well, you're going to hear about companies still. You, everyone mm. knows that you know Google and Facebook and in Australia, all the banks and the miners and stuff, everyone knows they exist. But mm. if you're not interested in the market, it's unlikely you know about indexes and listed investment companies and stuff like that. So fair enough question and definitely something that I experienced starting off. And I mean, you know, my first few investments were all companies for exactly that reason. It's what I knew. It's what I heard about. It's what I thought investing was. And I guess the main thing is, well, I mean, the first thing is lucky you found our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hopefully we've been of some value just with that. Look, investing in an individual company, there's nothing wrong with that. The, the only thing is that there's a little bit more risk involved. So if you're 
willing to take on that risk and you like a company or you think it will grow, um, then by all means, don't don't be worried out of investing in that individual company. But you know, if you're new to the market and you're a little bit unsure, there are other options out there, and those options, you know, that we talked about earlier, they're a little bit less risky because with a listed investment company, you know, it's an experienced person managing the money, so there's a little less risk there. And then with an index, because it's a basket of different stocks, you know, if one stock goes bad, it's sort of balanced out by a number of other stocks that aren't doing that as poorly so Mm -hmm. it's just about risk but you know at the end of the day as i said earlier there are two types of trades those that make you smarter and those that make you richer so if you invest in an individual company and you lose a bit of money just know why and don't make that mistake again so you know flynn in answer to your question if it seems easier for you to invest in an individual company and that's what you want to do do it but at the end of the day it's just as easy to invest in anything because you all just do it through the website broker that um yeah. that you signed up to, so get stuck in. Yeah, and as we always say, just just start. Just, just start. It's, it's always better to start. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And look, that brings us to our fifth and final question of our inaugural equity mates <laughs> listener mailbag hopefully yeah. not our last and this question comes in from harriet so thanks for your question and that question is where do you guys find your information and how do you find out about companies yeah great question harriet and uh one that we get asked a lot as well and this sort of uh comes from well, this is sort of why we tried to start our news segment as well, because no, it's we not, get a it's lot... not news anymore, bro. It's what have I learnt now? No, original <laughs> news section. <laughs> this is why we tried to originally go with our news section, because we actually get a lot of our investing ideas from just what's going on out in the world, and and then trying to relate that back to how it's going to affect a company or an industry or... Um, what it's going to mean going forward in the future for companies and, and industries. So firstly, for a beginner, I think it's important to just think about your experience that you have in terms of your job or um, where your parents work or where your siblings work or you know, look at some of the favorite brands that you like wearing and then start to think about the companies that are involved in in. You know, say for example, you love wearing Nike, or um, you work in a shoe shop, and you can understand what are some of the favorite brands that keep being purchased, and 
And these are sort of ways that you can start to think about companies to invest in. Um, a good example is my housemate Rohan actually works for DHL, and uh, which is a logistics company. And although it is an international company, um, he, can, he can still invest in it. Um, but I asked him, you know, if he was to invest, what would be the first thing he would invest in? And he immediately said DHL. And I asked him why, and he said, well, that was just primarily because he works at DHL. He has an understanding of where DHL sits in terms of uh, its competition. You know, it's a strong player in the market. He, he understands that they have solid growth, et cetera, et cetera. So that would be his first pick. And, you know, he doesn't invest at all, but he still has an understanding based on his experience, based on his job. And uh, that would be how he would start to look at investing. So... That's one way that you can find a company to invest in. What are your thoughts, Ram? Uh, yeah, look, uh, I think personal experience is great. I also, you know, just jump on AFR, Australian Financial Review's website. You know, there's a bunch of free sort of newsletters and stuff out there that have information. Um, Equitymates.com always has some great articles that you can read. But honestly... The way that I find companies in particular, rather than just general information, it, it is literally just going down a rabbit hole, you know, jumping on Google, starting off, you know, you might hear about something and in the news and that might trigger a thought. So, for example, on I was on Facebook and a, uh, a Vice News article came up about a robot that could lay bricks and was going to automate everyone's job, automate away everyone's job. I, I don't know what the verb is there. But look, <laughs> essentially, it was a, a robot in Take the US. Takeaway jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, essentially, there was a robot in the US that could lay bricks faster than humans could. And I mean, the implications for that are pretty obvious. So that, that got me thinking and not thinking about investment, more just out of like curiosity just started going down like a Google rabbit hole about um, robot, like bricklaying robots, and um, <laughs> right before right. I before I knew it, uh, there was an, there's an Australian company that uh, that is doing the same thing. Reckons they can do it better than this American company I read about in Vice News. Now um, I didn't invest in the company. I, I don't think I will. But look, that's just sort of an example of where. You get information from any source. If it interests you, um, you'll find companies in the most unlikely places. So my my biggest advice about finding information is just stay really curious about the world. You know, yeah. in, investing is this, this great pastime and profession where you can just stay fascinated about what's going on in the world and yeah, yeah. what's coming in the future and... You can just read and learn as much as you can and opportunities will come in the most unlikely of places. So, you know, it would be great if we could just say uh, read X, Y, and Z and you'll have all the information you know to make a million bucks by the time you're 30. But if there was, you know, a super easy formula like that, well, first of all, we wouldn't be doing the podcast and telling you all about it. But um, secondly... Uh, everyone would be doing it. So there's no easy answer, um, but just stay, you know, intellectually curious and opportunities on will, top of it. will strike. Yeah. Yeah. 
Nice. So, well, yeah, that brings us to the end of our questions. And if you want to refer back, we go into a lot of them in, a, in more detail in a number of our early episodes. Um, you'll find them titled Basics 101. And also jump onto our website because we've got links to all of them there as well and a bit of a write-up about each. So, um, as I said, a lot more detail. And if you're interested uh, in any of those, yeah, head back into our archive and, and check it out. And we'll finish with a quick wrap-up of our hypothetical portfolio, Ren. This is something that we started right back at the very uh, well, at the birth of Equity Mates. Yeah, we decided that episode. we felt that it would be important to give an example of what it can look like if you're consistently chipping away um, at the stock market. And we also wanted to put some of the strategies into place that we have been discussing and test some ideas and, you know, see how uh, we can go. So I guess the main thing to point out here is that we're not claiming to be expert stock pickers or anything like that. We have just chosen stocks along the way that we have either found interesting or that we've deemed are going to be important in their industry going into the future We've also tested some um, of our um, exchange-traded funds that we've been talking about, and we've um, looked into some listed investment companies as well. So we've really got, got a, a great spectrum of stocks, and um, it's been interesting to see how they perform in, in the current market. And we've also got some in there that we think will perform um, you know, if the market starts to drop. So if you want to go through some of them, Ren, and... So, look, I think if people want to read about them all, we've got write-ups on our website about yeah, uh, how, how we it. found them and why we chose them. But, yeah, look, I think your point is a good one about how we're just trying to show the different options that are available. So, we've, we've picked some individual stocks. Uh, we've got Gateway Lifestyle Group, which is an aged care um, and real estate uh, company. Uh, yep. We've got Australian Agricultural Company, which is a beef producer. Uh, yep. We've got Afterpay Touch Group, as it's called now, which is yep. an online payments company. Um, so they're the three companies we've chosen. And then we've got... So uh, just to jump in there, Ren, sorry. So that goes back to what the first investment strategy we talked about previously, which is direct stocks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got one listed investment company there. And that's yep. PM Capital Global Opportunities Fund. Now, just for everyone, you know, we were talking about these listed investment companies being run by professionals. PM Capital uh, is Paul Moore. And Paul Moore is a well-respected and uh, very experienced investor. So rather than us trying to pick some stocks, we thought we would uh, take the day off and uh, give him <laughs> the responsibility. Yeah. Um, and then last but not least, we have two ETFs. Now, yep. one follows the NASDAQ. Now, if you don't know what that is, uh, jump on episode 12. No, episode 13 of Equity Mates, the Tectacular, uh, one of our best, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, we talk about the NASDAQ and what it means. So that's one ETF. And then the other one is it, it follows the Australian share market but it follows it inversely so when the australian share market goes up this one goes down so we actually make money from this if the australian share market goes down now the reason we did that was because there's a lot of concern at the moment about 
the market's being pretty high um, and yeah. maybe there's going to be a little bit of a correction coming. So we just thought we would throw that in there uh, to give ourselves a little bit of protection uh, in case anything went down. But yeah, look, so we've got three companies, two ETFs and one listed investment company so far. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a little bit of variety in there, something for everyone. Mm. And just to for those that have jumped in for the first time, uh, we usually throw in $1,000 each time we do a um, stock of the week and that includes our brokerage as well which is uh eight dollars yeah or one one percent oh well less than one percent and it's um, um it's actually worked out even though we call it keep calling it stock of the week it, we've actually bought we've bought one every month uh from february so it really should be called stock of the month um <laughs> and you know that's that's a thousand dollars a month that that we've put into the market in this hypothetical fund yeah. yeah. So I hope that we've been able to demonstrate through this fund that with consistency and patience and also, you know, $1,000 a month, it doesn't have to be that. It could be $500 a month or whatever. But we've already developed a portfolio now that's sitting at a value of about $6,000. So, I mean, it's easier said than done in some circumstances. But, uh, yeah, the, the key is patience and consistency. And uh, also, just once you've got money in there, just leave it in there, let it sit. So we are fortunately up um, 3.94%, but anything could happen. And, you know, we're not proclaiming to be the professors of the stocks at all, but uh, it's good to see that we are in the red somewhat. Yeah, and um, just, just to be clear, like, we're not this isn't advice this isn't like go no. and buy these stocks because no. most of these stocks we don't own um no. in real life uh we're, all this is is just to sort of illustrate some of the different things that are out there for for us to do the write-ups to explain like why how we found out about them why we chose them just take this as like a learning exercise more and don't don't take it as advice no a hundred percent this is just for us to practice what we've been learning essentially yeah definitely so yeah so that's the that's should be a nice little wrap for um episode 15 uh as as Rena, i have said throughout this episode all of this can be found in much more detail on our website and on previous episodes that we've done episode 15 being this one most of our basic 101s were done earlier in in the piece but I also encourage you strongly to listen to a lot of the interviews that we've done because um, all of the guys that we interview talk about these in, in different ways, a lot of different strategies and, and investment advice in terms of uh, ways that you can look at the market and find stocks and information. So there's a lot of value, value to be gained in, in um, going back over and listening to them if you have already done so or definitely listening to them for the first time if you haven't. We have a great time recording them. So we hope you guys can get involved in listening to them as well. All right. Well, on that note, thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to be involved in the next mailbag, send your questions in. Until next time. Equity out. Equity mates and the people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. This is general advice only. Please speak to a financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your individual situation. Equity mates. 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 